I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. It's part two of our special series on hip hop's unsolved murders. And in this episode, we're going to be focusing on the life and death of the rapper Chinks. Now, it's almost a year since he was gunned down on a street in Queens in his car. So far, there have been no arrests. Many people remain hopeful that one day there will be justice in this case and that it won't be just another case that's added to this very long list of unsolved murders of hip-hop artists around the country. And now that number totals more than 50. So joining me in studio to talk about this, Miranda Johnson. She's an editor with Double XL Magazine. She's also the co-author of Double XL's major report. They did an extensive study on the status of every single one of these cases that we know about of unsolved murders of rappers around the country. She was one of the key authors of that particular report. Miranda, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Janelle Pickens. She is the widow of Chinks and a mother, and she has been actively involved in the fight for justice for her husband, and also to keep his musical legacy alive and the dreams that they shared as a couple and as a family. Janelle, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Also joining us is Bino. <clears throat> he was a childhood friend of Chinks's and remained close to him throughout their lives, feeling deeply the loss of his good friend, and we're gonna talk with him about what it was like for them growing up and just the circumstances and how far they had come and how far they had hope to go when all of these dreams just were, were destroyed by this gunman on that night in May of 2015. But Janelle, I want to start with you on this. What has this past year been like for you? Um, just trying to resume my life back to normal with the kids, going to work, um, and still being able to stay on top of the case, stay on top of the album. Um, we're still trying to put out another album soon. You know, the memorial is coming up, so we definitely plan to do something um, for that. It's just staying staying busy, just trying to stay busy. It's hard. No matter how much time passes, it still feels like yesterday. And so you go through your day, you go through your work, you're with your kids. You know, you're you're a full-time mom, three kids, which is a lot. <laughs> and then you, you get these, you know, you're still dealing with his legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's an ongoing process. Like, it doesn't stop. Tell us where you and Chinks were at the time that he was killed in terms of your dreams and your hopes and, and what you hope for as a family. Um, yeah, we were just um, trying to, you know, patch up everything in our relationship, get it back to normal. Um, he was ready to put the album out, so we were pretty much banking on that to, you know, take us where we wanted to go as far as, you know, buying a home for our kids and just providing a better life for them. Um, I'm still doing it by myself, but you know that's that was our main focus. Those were our goals. We're just basically giving our children better than what we had, and we were almost there. And you know, you have a lot of support, and you've had a lot yeah. of tremendous amount of support, especially from women too, who recognize oh, yes. what you did to make your relationship work. Because it's not easy in the when your man is in the entertainment yeah. business, and then just to really try to keep yeah. it together for the kids. Oh yeah, I get a lot of support from women, even just women just dealing with a loss. It's it's amazing how many people reach out to you and you don't realize that people go through this every single day. And it doesn't there's not much light shined on someone who's not an entertainer, who's just a regular guy, a regular husband, a regular father. It happens every day. And they reach out to me from everywhere. Which is the purpose of the foundation. Right. And and also and also you've been actively out there talking about him, talking about what you're going through and, and really going through like this whole process. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm gonna keep continuing to do that. No matter where, you know, I go in life or what my future holds, I will forever 
make sure that his legacy is alive because his, his legacy now remains for his kids. So we have to keep it going. We have to get this case solved. So there's no, no and and we, and we appreciate your support here at Hot 97 at Street Soldiers. You've been a supporter of the Push for Peace movement, which we really appreciate. Let me bring in Miranda Johnson, editor of Double XL Magazine. Miranda, give us a sense of where Chinks was in terms of his career, because there were some people not in the hip hop you know, universe in New York City or the, the hip hop scene, he really touched a nerve and that really touched a nerve and people really identified with him in a way they don't really do with a lot of artists. Tell us about that. Um, it's crazy because upon his death, um, you really saw how big he was. Um, there was rappers left and right, you know, paying homage to him and, you know, fans coming from everywhere, just flocks and flocks. And you really saw how big he was by how it just kind of took over. Um, Chinks was the next member from the Coke Boys to Blow. He totally was. Um, and leading up to his debut album, everyone was anticipating it. We kind of knew, as Chanelli mentioned, that um, it was going to take him to that next step in his career. Um Chinks was, he was on the cusp of something big, and um, it's kind of sad to see that he went so soon. Um, he had a few big singles under his belt, um, F*** Your Feelings, that was a, a really, really big song for him, and he kind of was just churning them out more and more and more. So, And the, and the features, he was known initially for the features with French Montana, yes. some of the stuff with Meek Mill. Yes, yes, yes. And then people were just in New York, I think there, I think there was also a sense, Bino, uh, th that a lot of people have like, okay, he's going to be that New York artist, that yeah. big New York artist that everybody's going to respect around the country that New York was really feeling. It definitely. He was um, a special kind, you feel me? I, I worked closely with him for since we was younger, like 14, 15 years old, you feel me? But he started rapping actually before me, so he always had it in him. He always had style, charisma, know me, everybody loved him, so you could feel the energy. Plus, he was signed to an indie, but he had big artist looks you feel me so it was like it was gonna work both ways for him you feel me so he was definitely the next up to do it for new york do it for the country period and you talk about his charisma and that mm -hmm. and that's that's one thing that a lot of people who knew him and and janelli's mentioned too a lot is is just that personality and that just that wanting to make people laugh and yeah, you, that joy in life tell us about that you just want to be around him you feel me he's like the life of the party come in with the jokes come with the smiles and then like he definitely tried to give you advice, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes he was he was past his years, you feel me? Because he act old, I'm actually older than him, but he used to give me advice, pull me up, tell me a little thing, yo, you should do this like this, you know what I'm saying? Do it like this, you feel me? And he just had that 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 aura around him, you feel me? I couldn't even see nobody even hating on him, you feel me? And just that that personality, Janelli, he was just, hmm. j just the one that made every, was really looking out for people. Yeah, everybody around him. Like, that was his thing. Like, anybody who was close to him knows that he just wanted to see everybody around him win. Like, whatever it is that you had the passion for, he just wanted, he drilled it in you to just go hard with it. Like, don't worry about what people say, who cares, just do what you do and go all the way with it. Like, and his thing was just never settle, never be comfortable, just always want more. And he had grown a lot, too. And, oh, yeah, and, and matured a lot. The, the stuff from the streets, from back in the day, coming up definitely. in the in the public housing projects from from Far Rockaway, yeah. the former Edgemere yeah. houses and stuff. I mean, there were a lot. He started out with a couple strikes against him. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. Definitely, yeah. He he was definitely off the street stuff. He just wanted to focus. Like his music was everything. He woke up every day and went to the studio. He wasn't in the streets unless he was working 
had an appearance, had a show, something. That was the only time he was outside. Other than that, he was in the studio. He decided to lock in the studio for a week straight, two weeks, and nobody sees him or hears from him. And he was really, he was really determined to just make this happen. Mm-hmm. And that after, and he and he'd been at it for a while too. So this was like yeah. years of yeah. this was like years of yeah. work coming together. Yeah. yeah, since he was about fifteen, he started rapping. So for him, it was he was he didn't feel like he was where he wanted to be, but he knew he was close. Okay, we're going to take a short break. You're listening and watching Hot 97 Street Soldiers on Fox 5. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, on Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And when we come back, I'm going to ask our guests how they first learned that chinks had been killed. And for a mother, how do you tell your children that daddy isn't coming home? That's coming up. Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Little Kim, Queen B, and you're listening to Street Soldiers with my girl, Lisa Evers. (laughs) And it don't stop. Get money. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers, now on Fox 5, Saturday nights at 1030. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And this is part two of our special look at hip-hop's unsolved murders. And in this episode, we're focusing on the murder of Chinks, but also his life and his musical legacy from some of the people who loved him the most in the world. And joining us in studio, Miranda Johnson. She's the editor of Double XL Magazine. She's also the co-author of a very important report they did on the status of the cases of the unsolved rappers murders in the United States which now number from what we've been able to determine over 50. Also with us is Janelle Pickens. She is the widow of Chinks and carrying on his legacy and raising their children. Also joining us is Bino, a childhood friend of Chinks. And Janelle, I know it's tough to to ask you this, but how did you find out what happened that night? Oh. Um I actually been calling his phone about 4:30 and I didn't get a response from him. Um actually I didn't get I then got a call from his manager probably about like 5. Um the detectives had got his number I guess from social media um cuz it was posted on his <clears throat> Instagram and everything. So they reached out to him first looking for me. Um he calls me and he's like, you know, have you spoke to Chinks? And I'm like, I'm calling him, but he's not answering. He's like, I just got a call from the detectives, and um, they're saying that he was shot, and he's been taken to Jamaica Hospital. And I'm like, stop playing with me. Like, He's like, no, I wish I was playing. He was like, they said it happened on Queens Boulevard. And I spoke. To, I called the detectives, and they told me that there was two um, people who were shot on Queens Boulevard in a Porsche, and that they had rushed him to Jamaica Hospital and to come down as soon as possible and to bring somebody with me. Once they told me to bring somebody with me, I knew the news wasn't good. Um, When I got there, um, basically as soon as I came in the room, they told me that when they got to the scene, um, there was a multiple of um, 15 shots and he was shot about five times directly. Um, they said they tried all they could, but he didn't make it. And um, the first thing I could think about was just, you know, my kids, like, they just seen him leave home. Like, what do I go home and tell them? Like, how do I tell his kids that daddy's not coming home? Like, And then what's so hurtful is that they got the call before I could tell them because it was already on social media, it was already on the news. Um, so their friends and family members were calling them, so I didn't even get a chance to sit down and speak with them before 
They were hysterical. So the fr- so people are calling your house to call in the kids because their friends are calling them saying they already heard about this mm-hmm. before you had a before chance to I even be there. To talk to them. Oh my god. Yeah, I was at the hospital for hours. Um, you know, I had to identify him. Um, everybody was there. The outpour at the hospital was crazy. Um, but you know, to this day, it's still hard. Um. You know, my kids, they're, they're kids, so it's like, it's hard to understand what they feel. They don't really know how to express themselves. But I see it, you know, in, in the posts that they make on social media, the conversations that I have with them. Um, they they don't know how to express it much, but I can tell that they're greatly affected by it. Like, it's just something that will never be replaced. You can't replace their father. Like, at all. No, at all. Bino, what about you? When when How did you hear about um, it? I was in the studio actually mixing um some records down and I fell asleep probably like three something in the morning and um Boogie kept calling my phone so I wake up I'm like they calling my phone five thirty in the morning for he said yo I think um Chance got shot I'm like what I said who you like who told you that he's like yo I'm telling you I think Chance got shot so I jump up. And I go to the bathroom, then I call Doc. I'm like, yo, I gotta go down to the hospital. He said it happened on Queens Boulevard. Then I'm thinking, then he said a highway. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So I called I called Doc and then Boogie called me back and said he gone. And then Mano had called me and then my phone just started going crazy. And then I just dropped the phone. I'm like, damn, like, <sighs> here we go again, you feel me? I'm like, I ain't know what to think. I was feeling for his wife, his kids, his family. I'm like, this this can't be happening. Not, Especially not, not at this time. Yeah, this can't like, be happening. Not with everything that he was doing. He was making all the right moves and doing all the right things and, and, and to have that happen at that time. So I'm just like, I can't believe this. I go to the hospital, I just see everybody out there crying. I'm still thinking I'm gonna get to the hospital and like, he got hit in the arm or leg, he gonna be all right. Cause you know how people spiral things out. You feel me? Something might happen at White Castle, but it really happened at McDonald's, and then right. the whole rumor be the whole rumor of, thing yeah, might so be I'm off. Like, right, I'm you were hoping it, it was a rumor, right. so I, I get out the car and I see Janelli crying. I'm looking at. Her, I'm like, damn, it gotta be true. And then they weren't even letting nobody in the hospital, and I'm just like, all over again. It was just happening all over again, yeah. Miranda. When the, um, you know, a lot of times we hear about murders of high profile artists and then uh people feel like you know this is an artist this is a personality but it's a tremendous loss for their families and those closest to them for sure um since i've been a music editor i have never seen an outpouring like that when it comes to the death of rap artists and um sadly um you know being in this field um with rappers you see a lot of deaths you know so chinks was one of the ones that really touched us very deeply um he had came up to the office maybe about a month or two prior and played us some music off of his um new album and oh my gosh we were so excited about it so to hear that was just heartbreaking it really was because you really knew that he was up next 
Right, and we were hearing his music on Hot 97, the fans, yeah. the audience, listeners, people were asking for more, and, and there was that tremendous sense of anticipation and excitement mm -hmm. at that particular, mm -hmm. at, at that particular <clears throat> point. What was it about him, Miranda, that you look at, you look at him as an artist? Because I'm sure you guys at Double XL, you get hit with a lot of people, hey, check out my track, hey, check mm -hmm. this out. You know, you, people trying to get your attention and, and get, get some shine from you guys. What was it about Chinks that really set him apart? For so long, um, you know, being from the tri-state area, you want someone in our area to blow, especially someone who um, is close to the root of hip-hop, someone who's actually spitting, you know what I mean, and it's not too much harmonizing. You know how things are now. Um, so Chinks was that. He was the essence of hip-hop. He was someone who made those songs and didn't stray too far away from what hip-hop originally was. So that's what we loved about Chinks. And the per his personality. Oh yeah, his personality. Mm -hmm. He he came up to the office and he was always bearing gifts. A lot of rappers come and you know, <laughs> like what can you give us for free? Really, we Where's like the free T-shirts. <laughs> yes, he was always bearing gifts. And um, you know, a lot of rappers come and they're not so friendly. Chinks was totally, totally the, the opposite. opposite. Like people felt like they knew him for a long time after they just met him one time. For sure, for that's sure. what so many people. I heard that story. Very comical. Over and over. <laughs> right, the co the comical yeah. and the. Yes. He made always you laugh. smiling, laughing, yeah, telling jokes. He always had oh, jokes. Oh, he did. <laughs> he, used to, he used to tell me, like, listen, bro, I can't make these people like you. You feel me? <laughs> so you got to stop, like, with the ice grill. I just never smiled in my it's baby so pictures or anything. It's just not, I'm not, it's just me. I can't, I can't help it. He's like, you just got light and you got to smile, man. You got to smile for the people. You don't want to feel threatened, man. You scaring the money off. You feel me? Uh -huh. so, that, that, the money <laughs> so he's like, yeah. he said, I can't make them like you. Just got to lighten up, bro, for real. Yeah, he, he used to always say that to him me. like that tough street look, uh -huh. right? Yeah, then one time he pulled me to the side. He's like, yo, we in a club. Like, we in Sue's Rhymes with a lot going on. He's like, yo, if I wake up, tomorrow and I'm not change drugs I don't know what I'm gonna do <laughs> I was like yo you really crazy bro he's like I don't know what I'm gonna do he said I'm ready I feel it I, 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 I'm in my best best shape and best years I'm ready to get it going man and put it put it put on for the rock put on for the town put on for the culture he just was ready he was ready it was just like unfortunate situation that this happened because he, he was ready you know what I mean and all just about that, just all about yeah. to happen. All right, you're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers and watching us on Fox 5 Saturday nights at 10.30, Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. On, on your Hot 97. And we're talking about the murder, the life, and the legacy of Chinks with some very special guests. We'll be back right after this. What's up, y'all? This is Rick Gonzalez, and you're listening to Street Soldiers, the good, the bad, the truth, locked in. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers, now on Fox 5, Saturdays at 10.30 at night. And we are focusing on part two of our special series on hip-hop's unsolved murders. And in this episode, we're really looking into the life, the musical legacy, and also the unsolved murder to this point of the rapper known as Chinks. And joining me in studio for this episode, Miranda Johnson. She's the editor of Double XL Magazine. She's also the co-author of Double XL's major report on the status of these unsolved murder cases around the country, which now number more than 50. Also joining us is Janelle Pickens, the widow of Chinks, the mother of his children. She's also carrying on her husband's legacy and talking with us about the struggles that she's facing and the hopes that she has for the future. Also with us is 
Francis Bino, Chinks' childhood friend, who's given us a better idea of his personality and what he was <laughs> like to hang out with guy to guy. And uh, that's what we're focusing on right now. Miranda, the investigation. Yes. You guys, as you were looking at these murders around the country, you saw certain patterns emerging with all the investigations. Tell us about that. For sure. We took um, 52 of the most um, prominent cases uh, for rappers' murders. Um, of those cases, only nine were solved. 36 um, remained unsolved, while the others were, you know, disputed up in the air. What we found was that 70% of rap murder cases remain unsolved. 70%? 70%. And then as you looked at the cases, because you guys really looked at the circumstances and what was going on in their lives and, and where they were at, were there certain similarities in the cases that you guys studied? Yes. Um, a lot of the cases, they seemed kind of easy. Um, one, for example, um, we're approaching the 19th anniversary of the notorious B.I.G.'s death, um, and he was murdered outside of a party um, for the Soul Train Awards in 1997, and there were thousands of people around. Thousands of people. So the fact that they couldn't find any witnesses or, you know, any leads was just baffling. And that's what we saw with a lot of the cases. A lot of them, they were just kind of almost written out. And, um, you know, they're, they're still not solved today. And it's crazy because there's a 64% clearance rate um, in U.S. murders. So for 64% of U.S. murders to be solved, which is a pretty high percentage, and for 70% of you know, rap murders to remain unsolved, that's kind of like they're not correlating. And why do you think that is? Combination of factors? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a combination of factors. Um, at a, after a while, it just seems that the cases are at a standstill. And at that point, it seems that they're just kind of not revisited. So that's kind of what we found. And some of the cases that, that, that I've looked into, too, and that we've reported on for Fox 5, there's you, ha you have a situation, the older ones, there weren't cameras in the 1990s, yes. early 2000s. People didn't have cameras on their, everyone had a, everyone has a camera on their phone now. There weren't cameras, there weren't surveillance cameras on the streets. That's one thing. Then the other thing is the code of the streets where people don't want to talk. Exactly. They're, or they're afraid, they do want to talk and they're afraid of retaliation or they're afraid of something that's going to happen to them or they don't necessarily want their business looked into like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally, the code, the code of the streets is a big factor, um, especially in hip hop, you know, the no snitching thing, that's a big factor. So that's kind of what halts it a lot of the time is that the, the people that are around that can help do not, they don't come forward just because of the codes that they live by and you know, the, the rules and regulations of hip hop. Right. Janelle, in terms of the investigation into uh, Chink's murder, we've been talking, you and I, over the mm -hmm. over these last months. How are you feeling about what's happening? Um, I just stay with hope. <clears throat> I, it's funny that we have this interview because I spoke with the detective yesterday. He randomly called me and he's like, you know, we just want you to be updated. We do have some major leads we're following on. Um, there's some very important things that we're looking into. And he was like, unfortunately, you know, there are major things that we can't speak on until, you know, there's solid evidence and stuff. But he's like, you know, we just want you to know that we're continuing. We don't want you to think we brushed it under the rug. We don't want you to think we forgot about it. We are on this nonstop. Um, and, you know, they, they definitely keep in contact with me. They come to my house. They call me. Anything that comes across my attention, I bring it to their attention every time. Like, this is something that we're never going to stop fighting for. Um, it's unfortunate that it takes so long 
because there's so many different angles to look at, especially in his case. Um, but this was definitely a, you know, a personal situation. Um, this was definitely something that someone was contemplating on for a while. Um, and that they planned very carefully because yeah. of where this happened on Queens Boulevard. Well, he, was, he, he was he was tailed. He was tailed all night. Um, they definitely confirmed that. So they're they're looking. They have tons of video footage that they're looking into. They have tons of tips that are coming in. Um, you know, there's people that they're talking to that's giving them valuable information. So I believe that eventually this will be a closed case solved. That's um, awesome. And I just keep my hope. That's all I can do and play my part in it as much as I can. And are you as determined now as you were when you first came on oh, Hot 97 definitely. Street Soldiers when you said... I, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at the precinct. I'm mm -hmm. going to keep talking to the cops. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep on this until I get justice. I have all their personal phone numbers. We stay in contact. Um, I don't, there, there's no letting up. Um, no matter what I'm doing in my life, this is still a main priority for me, for my kids. They, the, the closure, that's, to not have closure, it's, it drives you crazy. And also to know that the person that did this, is, yeah, somebody has to be held responsible. Right, and it's still out there on the streets. That's got to be, that's not a good feeling. Mm-hmm, definitely. You know? mm -hmm. So you have a sense that they're actively, look, they're actively investigating definitely. this. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we know they have to get enough facts and things yeah. to, in order to bring a good mm -hmm. case. You, you know, know, we have to be considerate to even understand that this is not the only case that they're trying to solve. So everything does take time. You know, I think people mistake that, watching tv or something that everything gets solved in 48 hours it doesn't happen like that right like it's, not in real it's, life no it's an ongoing process right and once they once they yeah. make it a priority and they know that yeah and I, and I think it's really important too you know for, for them to know that for the police to know the, mm -hmm. that the family yeah. you know the, that the family that's affected by this is really mm -hmm. is cooperating and really interested the, yeah we know that the fans and the public want information and they yeah. want updates but we we what I want people to understand is that valuable information just can't be talked about. You understand? Right. Um, if, if there was something that we knew, we're not going to go on social media and talk about it because you can destroy this whole case. Right. You know, we want to tell everybody what's going on and what we think happened or what we believe happened, but that's not going to help us. So until, like they said, until they have somebody in cuffs and somebody's held responsible, there will be no valuable information released, not even to me. No, I, to I understand that. And you're right, because we think, you know, like TV shows, you know, or a movie, mm -hmm. everything gets solved up by the end of the thing, and, mm -hmm. and that's not the way it is. And, and especially because he, he was traveling a lot, he was in so, involved with so many different things in contact with so many different people. people I'm sure there yeah. were new people that were coming in, yeah. you know, coming in too. There's so many different angles to look into. But you feel, you feel good about that, it, that the effort, the sincerity. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And what do you say to people that, that somebody that might... Because the detectives did tell me that the the, uh, the NYPD detectives, they said they were getting a lot of tips to that mm -hmm. confidential 1-800-577-TIPS mm -hmm. hotline and that some of them were very, very valuable and mm -hmm. very good. But maybe there is people. there are people out there now who do know something. What do you say to them if they're afraid? Um, I just I just keep asking everyone to speak up. Um, I even, you know, I, take, I even take it to social media to where I'm... I pour out my feelings and what this does for my family and for his kids and for his family and his friends. And we just still need answers. And we know that there's people out there who know something, you know, especially at this point. There's some form of talking going on. There's somebody who knows 
any form of details to the situation, say something. Like it's it's I don't know any other way to put it. Um it's I don't want people to think that they're doing something wrong by speaking up. Right, and being a witness, as people have said many times on this show, being a witness is not the same thing as being a snitch. No, no, you're doing the right thing. This was something, this is a case where a man was executed for no reason. He didn't do anything to anybody. This wasn't a revenge or retaliation for him hurting someone else or something. Like, he was outside doing his job, going back home to his family and his kids. This shouldn't happen to him. Never, never, not at that time. But I know, what do you think about that? It's just, you know how um, this whole hip-hop thing is, the whole hood thing. So let's let the, them people do do their job and do what they need to do, and I'm going to preserve his legacy the best way I can, you feel me? But this is hard for you because you were friends Definitely, with, with yeah. Stack Bundles too. Yeah, so it's just like this is happening twice, so I'm going through this again twice. Then you go through the, the six months of the fake love, and then nobody cares, and they push it away. So. When I used to talk to her, I'm trying to prepare for what's gonna happen. I'm telling you, like, mm-hmm. the people that supposed to care gotta care, so I don't look for rappers or no other body else to care. That's my man, I'm gonna care, you feel me? So that's that's my whole take on it. I don't look for anybody else to care about it, the situation. I knew him since I was four or five years old. We grew up in the same, we used to flip on pissy mattresses together. So this is my job to care about him and his, his family and continue on his legacy. No, and you're right because there is, you know, with any public figure mm-hmm. whose 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 life is, is taken from us too early, there's there's that immediate rush of attention, mm-hmm. and then it kind of goes away. But mm-hmm. then the people that are closest to him or her, usually it's him, have to deal with the, you know, have to deal with that day to day, you know, the day to day aftermath of that. Mm-hmm. Like every day, I wake up with knots in my stomach, feeling for him. I'm scared for him in the car going through that situation. Mm-hmm. Then his kids then. How can I even tell? What what can I even tell him? He he knows subconsciously what's going on, but then you look at the kid, you like, like damn man, he like he meant that was his his hero. You feel me? Yeah. Even Lanisa and, and Kayla, you look at them, you like, they need that in their life. Yeah. And he just was out there trying to make ends meet, make it rapping, and put on for his family, and then give him a better life than what he went through. And then he just get cheated like that. It's just. It just seems seems very unfair. It's whack. Very unfair. Well, you're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers and watching us on Fox 5 Saturday nights at 1030. This is part two of our special two-part series on hip-hop's unsolved murders. And in this episode, we're talking about the life, the legacy, and also the unsolved murder to this point, because we all have hope that there is going to be an arrest in this case and some justice for the family of the rapper known as Chinks. We'll be back right after this. What up, what up, people? This is Chris Rivers, and you are listening to Street Soldiers, the good, the bad, the truth. We out, baby. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers, now on Fox 5, Saturday nights at 1030. And this is part two of our special series on hip-hop's unsolved murders. And in this episode, we're focusing on the life, the musical legacy, and also the murder of the rapper known as Chinks. Joining us in studio, Miranda Johnson. She's the editor of Double XL Magazine and also the co-author of Double XL's major report on the status of murders 
of rappers around the United States, more than 50 of them, and many of them, the vast majority, unsolved. Also with us is Janelle Pickens. She's the widow of Chinks, mother of his children, and also fighting for justice in the case, and also working on his musical legacy to keep that alive as well. And also joining us is Bino, a childhood friend of Chinks, who's been telling us what it was like for them growing up in Far Rockaway. And uh, let me talk about the some of the other elements that we keep hearing on the streets. The person that was with him in the car the night that he was shot, the guy, rapper known as, aspiring rapper, known as Yemen Cheese. We interviewed him for Fox 5. He claims that he did not know anything. He was, you know, that he, that Chinks actually tried to shield him. As the bullets started flying in the car, he said that Chinks tried to to cover him so that he was not getting hit. That's the way that he perceived it. But what's your take on on him and his role, Janelli? Um, well, be honestly, um, I don't know too much about Yemen. I met him a couple times prior to the situation. Um, you know, at this point, I I give his story a fair chance because we were not there. So right. we can't say what he did and did not know what he did and did not do. Um, I think as a person who's in a situation like that where there's bullets flying into a vehicle and you should be clueless to what's going on, um, it is very hard to determine of whether he should have seen something or it's possible, you know, that there's something he's not telling us. We don't know that. You understand? Um, I, I give him the benefit of the doubt that what he tells us is true. I, I pray that there's no information being hidden because we need everything we can use. Um, and as far as, like, talking to me, I, you know, he keeps in contact with me from time to time just to check up on me, let me know if he – if. There's things that have came to his attention that he brings to my attention. I then call the detectives. So, you know, I don't know how much he's working with other people, but with me, he has tried his, to play his part in making sure that I understand that he's wants to get this solved just as, a, as much as everybody else. And trying to be responsible. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. stayed in touch with you. Yeah. So doing the right thing as far as you can tell yeah from from exactly. from, from what we know and Miranda in terms of the, the the cases again just to broaden it out to the to, to the rest of the country with a lot of these cases oftentimes too with the families a lot of the artists are coming from really tough family situations they they don't have a wife like Janelli that's there fighting for them mm-hmm. they don't have a family structure that can afford to take the time to really fight for what they you know what they want for the justice right yeah uh a lot of these cases the rappers are from you know inner cities and or, or even the 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 gutter of the south and um they kind of just don't have that you know janelli behind them to keep pushing and making sure these cases get solved and that's very instrumental you know someone to stay and press and and, and you know make sure that you know progress is being made so definitely an instrumental part of it all and by no there's a, also too with a sense too with people when there isn't an arrest after years it's almost mm-hmm. like that person's life what are we saying about how much we as a society care about that person's life you know how, how it goes sometimes even if the artist has been in trouble rock and roll artists will get killed i guess they'll figure it out quicker but you know the first thing they say ex-con turn rapper and i guess like some of the aggressive content it makes them not even look hard, I guess, because really because of stereotypes, yeah, because of racial stereotypes, because yeah. of stereotypes for the for rap music, mm-hmm. that kind of yeah. thing is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah you know how it though. Yeah, t- no, totally. What, but Miranda, how to explain that for for our audience that's not that familiar with that? 
well, some of those stereotypes? Well, some of the stereotypes are there's a six as I said, there's a sixty four percent clearance rate in US murders. Um, for seventy percent of rappers murders to not be solved, the numbers just kinda don't add up. So I mean, people can pretty much, you know, do the math and see that maybe that these cases are not getting the adequate amount of attention, especially it's unbelievable how high profile some of them are. You have Jam Master J. You have. Uh, right. Yeah. You have Biggie, Tupac. You have Big L. It, it's just it's almost baffling how these cases aren't, you know, primary. And and I think, too, when it when, you know, it happened with Chinks, there were people were going like, wait a minute, how can that be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, with all the cameras, this is 2015 mm-hmm. when it happened. And how can this be? How can this happen? I thought this was like just don't back even in the day. Know his persona to even be mixed with something so horrifying. It's like no, no way. Like not the guy we seen laughing and joking and playing on video. Like you know, and just always smiling. It's like you never even heard him in trouble. Or even in his music, he wasn't beefing with other rappers. He wasn't. It, that just wasn't what he was about. You understand? You, he did what he did when he was younger, and he was past that. He didn't even want that around him. Right. Like so that element. Like, everybody so, was just so stunned. Like, wait, it's impossible. Like, how could this be? So it wasn't a case because, it, and it's good to be clear about that, too, because, and Bino maybe can help us understand that, too. Because mm-hmm. some of the artists, when they start to, you know, they start to blow up and they start to get big and they start to get attention, there are those people from the hood that they grew up in that really hound them and, you know, they want their piece of it, even though they don't deserve mm-hmm. it and they don't earn it, and they just don't want to leave them alone. But it doesn't sound like that was the case here. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's just I don't know if it's some like some weak jealousy point. I, I I really can't even put my finger on it because he wasn't that type of guy. He had that type of energy around him. He wasn't like with it at all. Right. Mm-hmm. He wanted to get to the money, go party, and work at the studio. That was his main thing. He used and to tell home. me to stop playing around. Like this is what we gotta do. When all fails, all we got is this work, and we're gonna go in here and we're gonna bust it out. Right. Mm-hmm. So for that to even happen to him is just like <sighs> it just it didn't make sense at this me. time because yeah. it would have been a different thing if you're still mm-hmm. at Edgemere or you're still yeah, in the, the funny middle. Thing, the three days prior to that, I was leaving the club and he told me to pull up on him, me and Viking, and he was um working on an album. He's like, got a head as your joint. That's the picture with him with no shirt on. He's doing this. He's like, yo, just pull up on me. I just never got a chance to get up with him, but we was t- speaking on the phone and he was just so excited. He's like, yo, the budget open, man. A lot of things gonna be different, bro. Just stay ready, you know me, so you ain't gotta get ready. And this just happens. So And that makes it more painful too, is yeah. is just knowing that he was like all that hard work mm-hmm. was about to really pay off. Yeah. yeah. And because then, it's just it's, it's like we always gotta think about what it could have been, even mm-hmm. with right. Biggie or Stack or Big L like, damn, like what it could have been. It's mm-hmm. just he was just about to scratch the surface. I'm telling you, he had it. Mm-hmm. He, he was all no, you, uh, up. Yeah. we could tell because when we did the we did the story that day. Um, of course, we talked about it on Street Soldiers that morning, and rest in peace, Chinks. But mm-hmm. we we talked about it, you know. And and I did the story for for Fox Five yeah. News and the newsroom, the producers. Um, you know, my producer, the executive producer, Chris Sobel, was like, "You, you got to get out there." We got out there right away, and they were getting phone calls from people. People were just like, "Are you guys there? Are you doing this?" And mm-hmm. you know, what's the information? They were calling the station, one, you know, wanting, wanting like, "What's the truth?" Because we're hearing all this kind of, mm-hmm. you know, how things. There's always a million different things mm-hmm. going on when when something happens like this. So, so the the popularity was was just yeah, he was he, he crazy. He, he, he was he was there. I'm telling you. Yeah, like I, I felt the energy. I'm like, oh yeah, it's about to, it's about to shake out now, man. Just stay focused. Just do what you got to mm-hmm. do, 
and we on one. So for this to happen, it's just like threw me for the, the total loop. And I'm like, mm. damn, like not baby boy, you feel me? Yeah. Because when I first got, when I, after Boogie called me, then Mano called me, he's like, baby, that happened to baby, not Chanks, like, nah, not him, like, mm-hmm. he's no. like, I do stuff out here like that, you feel me? I do stuff like, I, I'm in the street, I come from a past, stuff like that's supposed to be happening, people like me, and like, he's not that type of guy. Right, for, yeah, so not he, for that, that he was just like, serious. He, he hit yeah. me, he was like, damn, I, I don't even know what to say, bro. And it's hard when you sit down with detectives and they're like, you know, well, do you know of any problems he had or anybody he was beefing with? Or is there something, you know, where could this have stemmed from? And you're just so clueless because it's like, no. Like, no. Like, and even, the, you know, they might say, oh, well, you don't know much because you're the wife. You're the one that's at home, so you don't know what's going on outside. But even the guys who run with him on an everyday basis, they're like, no. He didn't have any problems. He wasn't beefing with anybody. He didn't, like he said, he didn't even want that energy around him. He stayed away from that. So it's like, where do you even begin? It's like, like where do you even yeah, start? Yeah, where do you start? Like, it's just, it's hard. It's so hard. And no. you know he was working hard. Like, the album is an amazing work of art. I haven't heard one negative comment about it. Like, so imagine if he was here to, to promote, promote it and to yeah. do the shows. And do the videos. Miranda, it what about been, that? It would have been, been like un- uh, unbelievable. Miranda, what about that if he'd been alive to promote that album? Well, an interesting story is I actually did an interview with Chinks and we kind of broke um, the title of his debut album <laughs> to the world. So I was excited about the album since hearing the You're name so of You're so humble. It. You're saving that till the end of the show yeah. here. Okay. It's since hearing the name of it. But that album, I told you, he came by and he played us those tracks and we were astonished like I knew that once that album dropped mm-hmm. he was taken off it was it was the next level for him like no question mm-hmm. like no you're question. like okay this is this is going to be one of our covers in the no next question. year like the whole story with him on the mm-hmm. cover for that sure. that kind of impact mm-hmm. I'm telling you I, I know it's potential that's like 65 75% I'm telling when he's on one when he's like sonically in pocket you like damn this is scary this is scary because how, how, yeah. how, good, how good it is. Yeah. But Miranda, let me ask you this. In, in terms of like the impact, the fans, the fan love is there, the, the love from New York, and there is mm-hmm. that pride. Like there's people in yeah. New, you know, New York hip-hop fans were like, yes, this is going to be our, you know, this is our yeah, dude. He's yeah. going to be the dude, you know, and that kind of thing. But do you, the, the culture of hip-hop is, you know, we, I talk to people on the streets, just random fans, and there's kind of an attitude of like, well, this is the way it is. 70% unsolved rate with these murders, much higher than the national average for other murders, that this is the way it is and nothing's going to change. What do you think about that? I think it's sad. Um, I think it's sad that people have to, you know, come to accept terms like that. Stuff like that shouldn't be accepted. That was one of the main reasons why we thought it was important to put this information out there because a change needs to come. As as even when, you know, cases as far as like Mike Brown and and things of that sort, like people need to stop accepting the worst because if we accept that, that's what it's going to continue to be. So, I really respect Janelle for fighting for chinks and, you know, pushing things forward because that's what we need. No, I think we all do. And, you know, Janelle, it's just your courage and coming forward, you know, when you were in such a state of grief and shock yourself and, you know, just trying to keep it together for your kids and 
dealing with it just the onslaught because I'm sure you were getting it from yeah. just intensity from every single direction, and then meantime your heart's breaking. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. So there's we we all love you. You know that. Yeah, it's the real you know fans and supporters that actually give me the strength to do this because the amount of love I get for and and the appreciation that people show for just even trying and for staying focused on the whole situation and his legacy and his music um it just it it keeps me happy and saying it makes me want to do it i want to do things for the fans i want to do things for the people who truly support him because they come from everywhere yeah like even the littlest events that we have people are traveling from everywhere um the turnout is, is it's always amazing. You know, they wear clothes with his face on it, his name. They, people that have never even came into contact with him have, you know, R.I.P. Chinks tatted on them. Yeah. Or they have his logo, the yay. And it's just, like, it's incredible how many people, even to little kids that know his babies Larry, that I'm know like, his, literally, like, three, four-year-olds who are, like, singing along to his music and doing videos. And it's just, like, Wow! Like if he can see how many people he actually touch, yeah. impacted and touched, he would understand that he was bigger than what he thought he was because he definitely yeah. didn't think. And he maybe was he's there. looking down right now yeah. at, oh, at, yeah. at all this, and definitely. and and we really commend you for for continuing the fight and you know continuing to get the word out and and, and fight for justice. And I I hope. We'll be all back with the Street Soldiers episode when there is a good arrest in this case. We'll bring in the detectives or whoever helps solve the case and get it done and and, and really talk about it and how the community, maybe this can also be the start of when the hip-hop community and the law enforcement community and everybody can get justice and make this just safer and make it all about the music and not about the murders. Exactly. You know, wouldn't that be great? Mm-hmm. I want to thank all of you yeah. for being with thank us for this you. episode of Street Soldiers. Miranda yeah. Johnson, Double XL editor, Janelle Pickens, widow of Chinks, and Chinks childhood friend Bino. And of course, I got to thank my whole team here, Team Lisa, Fox 5, uh, Brian Quinn, executive producer, Chris Sobel, producer um, Jeff Gessoff, and also my crew, the one and only Andre, the one and only Steve. Well, there's two of them. <laughs> Making us look good and get it all out there. And uh, also the crew, my Team Lisa crew here with Hot 97, my executive producer, Tone Capone, producer Rose Daniels, producer Mia Bell, and uh, on the boards, the one and only Mike Medium right here, making it happen. Um, special thanks for my hair uh, from Chanel Molina. Also, thanks with photography and video for social media, Mickey Holiday and his crew, so we really appreciate it. And remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace.